0: Welcome to Christ Church.
1: The following is a homily from our Sunday morning gathering in Tulsa,
0: Oklahoma. Enjoy. The Holy Gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ according to Matthew. Now when Jesus heard that John had been arrested, he withdrew from Galilee, he left Nazareth and made his home in Capernaum by the sea, in the territory of Zebulun and Naphtali, so that what had been spoken through the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. Land of Zebulun, land of Naphtali, on the road by the sea, across the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people who sat in darkness have, a great, have seen a great light, and for those who sat in the region and shadow of death, light has dawned. From that time, Jesus began to proclaim, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. As he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea. For they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fish for people. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. And as he went from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, in the boat with their father Zebedee, mending their nets, and he called them. Immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and curing every disease and every sickness among the people. The Gospel of the Lord. To you, Lord Christ.
1: The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in a land of deep darkness, on them a light has shined the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Today's reading from the prophet Isaiah is a word of hope to people who live in darkness. Zebulon and Naphtali, which are mentioned in, in, in today's Old Testament reading and referenced again in Matthew's Gospel, were lands that uh, Abraham gave to Jacob and Jacob gave to his sons. And Zebulon and Naphtali are on the northernmost part of the land of Israel. They border Gentile areas and so it was common that people were kind of intermarried and sort of got their religion confused. It's so one of the great concerns in the Old Testament is what happens when we live in a land which is pluralistic. How will we stay to what we believe? The book of Tobit describes Nephtali and Zebulon in this way. Tobit says, when I was in my own country in the land of Israel, while I was still a young man, the whole tribe of my ancestor Nephtali deserted the house of David in Jerusalem. The city that had been chosen among all the tribes of Israel, where all the tribes of Israel should be sacrificing and where the temple, the dwelling place of God had been consecrated in for all generations forever. That, that, that this land had deserted that hope that had been given to them and Tobit goes on to say that our kindred ancestral house has sacrificed to the calf of Jeroboam and erected in Dan and all the mountains of Galilee. Basically that in this land is a representation of all the ways in which we go amiss. And so light has come to a place where there was darkness. A priest friend of mine uh, sent me a link and said, you've got to watch this witness, right? Those, those of you come from evangelical tradition, you know what a witness is, right? <laughs> and, and it was the most powerful thing um, that I have watched Um, The the conference was all about the power of grace to transform our lives. And there was a woman who shared her story. She grew up in a wealthy household, had everything going for her. Went to college, got a degree, went on to get a master's degree. Right? Everything seemed to be going in the right direction. And she um, gets married to a guy Um, and um, the guy begins to abuse her. The guy introduces her to drugs. She becomes addicted. She said, the only thing in my life that was worth anything was when my one-year-old child. She said, it's the only thing that kept me living day to day was the fact that I knew if something happened to me, there would be no one to care for him. She had broken relationship with her family, hadn't talked to them in years. She said that you never know how low life can be until you're driving around town high on drugs with your one-year-old in the back seat when you've given them a chocolate bar in hopes that they might stay quiet while you look for your next hit. She could not believe that her life had come to this place. She lived in the land of darkness. A a deep gloom had enshrouded her. Her husband, one night, leaves, takes the car to go find drugs and leaves her there, and she is angry. And she says, the reason I was angry was because I knew that he wouldn't share them with me. And she said, I didn't know if I could make it through the night. The only thing that kept her going was the fact that she had her son in the next room. Her mother, who had tried multiple times to bring her back, had sent her a letter and just said, whenever you're ready to get healthy, here's the number of someone who can help you. And here she is in her darkest moment, in the most bleak that she could imagine life could be, and she finds the number and she calls this Christian counselor that her mother had sent her. It's about one o'clock in the morning. The man answers the phone and she says, I know you don't know me, but my mom said that you could help me. And she began to tell her entire life story all the ways in which she had brought shame to herself and to her family, all the ways in which she had failed. She poured her heart open to a complete stranger on the other end of the phone. Throughout the evening, he would sit there and go, oh gosh, that sounds horrible. Oh, I am so sorry. Several hours on the phone, she sat there and she talked to him and suddenly daylight came. She was convinced that this was the moment she would get help. And she says to him, I want you to know you are the best counselor. You just sat there and you let me tell my story. It's a true story. And he says, I hope you're not mad, but I'm not a counselor. You dialed the wrong number. But he said, I knew that I needed to be there for you. And she shares her witness about how in the darkness, this man who just wanted to be there for the person in front of her was the light that came into darkness for her and it transformed her life and changed it forever. We may not be that familiar with the scripture that we just heard from Isaiah about the light coming to darkness, but we probably know the subsequent verses because they have been made famous by Handel's Messiah. After telling the people that light is coming into darkness, Isaiah says to us, and Handel put it beautifully to music, which I will not sing to you, For unto you a child is born, for unto you a son is given. Authority will rest upon his shoulders, and he will be named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. I don't know who here today has ever lived in this kind of darkness that you can understand needing a great light. Maybe you're here today in the midst of darkness hoping and searching for some light. But this is what Matthew's gospel is telling us is that this land who has lived in darkness, light has come. And Jesus is the one who begins his ministry in the area of the wayward sons of Jacob. Jesus begins his ministry on the people who forgot who their God was and began to worship the false gods. Jesus did not say, before I will talk to you, you need to get your life together. Jesus came to a people who were in darkness and said, here is some light in your life. Now, let me tell you. This is not prosperity gospel preaching because Jesus does not promise that there will not be dark times in your life. But Jesus embodies the one who says, Though you may walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you will fear no evil. For thy rod and thy staff, they will comfort you. One of the great hymns of our church says That in Jesus there is no darkness at all. The day and the night are both alike. The Lamb is the city of God. Shine in our hearts, Jesus. Jesus' ministry, Jesus' calling, Jesus' witness was person to person, it was a contact sport. He went to somebody who needed to hear that the kingdom of God has come near, that God has not forgotten them and proclaimed to them light. For those who need to be assured of the world and where they were to find the light, he taught. And for those who were broken, Jesus healed. See, we complicate discipleship a whole lot. We're really good at it. When the, when the fact is, when you read Jesus, what Jesus did, Jesus saw a hurting person and he was there for them. Jesus saw a broken person and healed them. Why do we make our discipleship and our witness so complicated when really it's just about seeing the person in front of you as a person of God made in the image of God and just love them? How many people here know somebody who needs some light in their life? How many people here know someone who is in darkness and need someone just to sit there and tell them, you know what, God loves you. This is where our ministry and our witness begins. This is what Jesus says, come, I will teach you to fish for people. Is Jesus says, come, and I'm going to teach you how to do Ministry person to person, meeting people where they are and telling them, God has not forgotten you, God loves you, and here's some light in your life. We may not be able to fix everyone, we may not be able to fix everything, but what we can do is be a voice of love and light into a wor- world which often is broken, hurting, and feels like darkness is enveloping it. But we know that there is no darkness in Christ Jesus. And so we have a word of hope to the world. And if we don't proclaim it, I don't know who is. So go leave this place and know that Christ loves those who are unlovable. And go and love them. Go and be light in the world. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more, go to ChristChurchTulsa.org and peace be with you.